Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Believe in your infinite potential. Your only limitations are those you set upon yourself. That is by Roy T. Bennett. And thank you again, or if this is your first time, thank you so much for tuning in to The Profitable Photographer. And I am excited to share about my topic for this episode. And it's from a book that is one of my top all five favorite life-changing books and whenever I'm struggling or having some kind of difficulty, especially either with myself or another person, I think about some of the things in this book that I'll be sharing with you. And usually one of them or more will apply. The book is called The Four Agreements, A Practical Guide to Personal Freedom by Don Miguel Ruiz. And what I want to do is share with you not as a total book review, but share with you those four agreements that are laid out in the book and how they can apply to business. What I love, and if you've heard me more than today, uh, you might've heard me say how much I love that business and spiritual growth go hand in hand. And as I grow as a person, I'm more successful in my business. As I grow in business, I'm a better version of myself because the challenges of keeping a business going, working with clients and such are one of the ways that we kind of polish off the edges and we grow our potentials. So this book, there is a lot of spiritual reference. And also if you've listened very much, you will know that I, I firmly believe I'm a spiritual being having a physical experience and that change. A lot of times people call it mindset that what goes on as inside. So outside, not sure if that made any sense that last part, but uh, anyway, it's important to me. And the more I coach, the more I see how attitude is everything and how actions change our attitudes and attitudes change our actions. It all goes together. So before I get going, I want to remind you to check out lucydumascoaching.com, Lucy with an I, and there's some downloads there. And if you want to contact me to set up a quick conversation about anything or learn more about coaching or my online course, the Profitable Photographer Sales Academy, just send me an email or contact me through the website. Okay. So the four agreements is a, a little book. It doesn't take long to read, but there's so much good stuff in it. And so I'm going to tell you what those are. I'm going to do a deep dive into the first one. And I may or may not talk about the other three today or in another episode, chapter two. So uh, stay tuned. <laughs> All right. So one is be impeccable with your word. 
Number two is don't take anything personally. Number three is don't make assumptions. And number four is always do your best. And if you email me, Don Miguel Ruiz, uh, four agreements, please, or something like that, I will send you a PDF that I'm creating that has the four agreements and I'm going to make it pretty. And you can print that out and put it on your fridge or put it on your bulletin board or on your mirror or somewhere where you can be reminded of that every single day. I had that on my fridge for probably a couple of years and a lot of it really sunk in. So that's an offer I'm making to you. It's just reach out to me and, and I will send that to you. Okay. Being impeccable with your word is the center that makes the other three work. And I'm going to read you a little bit and then share my thoughts and some of the ways that I think we can apply this in business. It says, your word is the power you have to create. Your word is force, the power to express and communicate, to think and thereby create the events in your life. Your words are magic and can be used well to grow or misused and destroy. Being impeccable means not using your words against yourself. What we say creates energy. Watching our words and keeping them positive and truthful has a huge impact on, on what shows up in our life. So I've set out how many? five, six, six uh, sort of categories that I think this applies. And when I first read that, I thought it meant honesty. But as I go into, as I go deeper into this teaching and into watching how my life unfolds, the power of our word to create, to say what we want, both there's some practical things like if you're at a butcher shop and you want them to get you some steaks, or if you're in a farmer's market and you want them to sell you some vegetables, you need to use your words. <laughs> well, so if you want to create a successful business, the power of intention, the power of your word is an essential part of that. So number one, how this applies in our business is our vision is a part of our word, our mission statements, our intentions about how we'll run our business, the profits we want, what our niche is. All of these are examples of the first agreement. I frequently offer a strategy session as a gift to people in my tribe. And if you're a regular listener or you're in my Facebook group, you can watch for a time when I might offer some sessions to people as a gift. And the strategy session basically starts with you and I designing the perfect picture of where you want your business to be. And that is using your word, the power of clarity, the power to get things going in the direction of your dreams. In order to get somewhere, first you need to dream it. There are many times when I've had a session with someone and they've been trying to make their business grow, but they really haven't identified 
where they want it to be and what they want. And so often when we can really define that, then they have a foundation to stand on and to launch from. One example, one of my uh, coaching clients, her name's Rachel Sorbet, and I'm sure she'll be happy mentioning it. Her original intention two years ago, and two years ago, she was not seeing herself yet as a professional photographer. That was her first goal. And she wrote down a money goal and a goal of having a studio in a historic building in the center of town. And just last week, she posted a picture of the building and how excited she is that she'll be moving in, um, I would guess, at the first of this month coming up. And so I copied and sent her those things that she had set out using the power of her word of what she wanted and that that was in there. And she was um, pretty surprised to see that she'd accomplished everything. Uh, yes, took her two years, um, but a lot of the things that she had put down, she had been able to do much sooner. So I don't know why, but there's some kind of magic that happens when we get the ball rolling and have a clear vision of where we're going. It's like, I don't know if it's our own, you know, our own intelligence, if it's angels, if it's the universe, if it's Jesus, Buddha, um, coincidence. <laughs> I don't know, but it just seems like when we get clear about our vision and our intentions, things start showing up to support that. Often people call this the power of attraction. And in all cases, it starts with our word, what we claim. Claim it? No, name it and claim it. That is another great quote, I think, by Ernest Holmes. Okay, another category in being impeccable with our word is the words we use in business how we speak, what we say on our, um, on our websites and any advertising conversations that we have, we are communicating our value to our clients using words. And, and at, this, at this point, I'm actually talking about actual words and not the intention. Uh, some of the examples that I like to help people change if they're wanting to um, have a more luxury kind of business is instead of saying things like we have shoots, we have sessions. Instead of headshots, we have executive portraits. We don't hang pictures, we display them. Separating our business from either a hobby or a low-priced photography business can really start with just some of those, some of those words that we use. Okay, here's an example. There's a store that I actually really love called Nordstrom. And it's a department store that from my standpoint is a cut above most of the others, definitely above pennies. And at this point, Macy's has definitely 
drop down in terms of its service and its quality and you know it's marketing they they run sales all the time so i was looking at the bottom of the nordstrom website and it said this the nordstrom line of high quality clothing shoes and accessories offers just the right pieces for women men and kids seeking timeless classic items to complement and polish their wardrobe versatility ease and affordability all are hallmarks of the Nordstrom collection available exclusively at Nordstrom. So what did you hear in that? They didn't say, oh, we have nice clothes and shoes and belts and purses. Come on over and buy our stuff. <laughs> so here's some of the, the powerful words that they use to express their their value. High quality, just the right pieces, timeless classics, items to complement and polish their wardrobes, versatility, ease, and affordability, which, you know, there are way more expensive lines of clothing. And Actually, within Nordstrom, there are different, I was going to say chapters, but departments, and some can be uh, pretty pricey, but they're affordable to the clients that are their ideal clients. And then the word hallmark and the word collection and exclusively. So that to me is a perfect example of how subliminally Nordstrom in that statement is communicating that they are quality, that they give good service. And, um, you know, you get a really clear picture of where they are in the marketplace. So think about that. What are the words that you use? And what are the words you might want to change? Jeffrey Shaw, who was on my podcast in around episode 20, he wrote a book called Lingo and included in that is the power of using words to attract our ideal clients. Okay, so a third way to use the power of our words is affirmations. I really love affirmations and I think there's some kind of magic in them. I don't think I'll ever understand how this all works, but some of it I know is helping us focus some of it helps us relax. Some of it kind of ups our positive energy. And I have one that it's just the craziest thing. If I can't find something, I will say nothing's lost in the mind of the universe. And almost every time I go right to it, if it's something, you know, that is like not like, hundred miles away or something. But if it is, I will often get like a mental picture of where it is. And sometimes I'll keep searching in a certain area and I won't find it, but I feel like it's there. And then a little later, sure enough, it's right there. So that's a fun one I've used a lot. And I don't know if that one is actually magic or if it's just relaxing my brain because if you're like, it's lost, it's lost, it's lost. I can't find it. I can't find it. I can't find it. 
there's a tension to that that makes it harder to kind of use kind of an inner guidance. So anyway, that's a fun one. I have flashcards and I wish they still made them. There's a book I love called Creating Money. And it is a spiritual path to profit, making money. There's exercises in the in the last part of the book that are like visualizations to help make us money magnets. And these flashcards, I have them in a little dish on top of my toilet. And whenever I'm in the restroom, I pull one out. And it's just little simple statements like everything I do to create money blesses the world, something like that. So I think it can be fun to use affirmation cards and come up with things for yourself that make you feel um, more magnetic, more calm. And so I have a favorite story and I don't know where I came up with this affirmation, but it's something that has become my core kind of mantra, especially at times when maybe I'm wishing I had more or feeling a little worried that the flow is not as fast. And it's this money comes to me easily and with love. And so an example of this is there was, as you might know, if you've listened a bit in my almost 40 years in business, I have thrived through five or six recessions, a couple of them very, very big. And so there was one, and I think it was 1991, where it seemed like my friends and I were not booking the way that we usually did booking weddings. And I had gotten to the point by that time where I was hardly needing to market at all. I had referrals, I'd built relationships. I was getting work from photographers and I was sending work to photographers and to florists and DJs and my pricing was fairly high and I always was booked as much as I wanted. In fact, I set a policy where I only did three weddings a month, which still now feels like a lot, but I needed at least one weekend off and I never did more than one in a weekend. I'd done a bridal show. I had lots of qualified leads. And other people were being sent to me from, because it was, it was like late January, people get engaged at Christmas and then they start planning their weddings. And I had like interview after interview after interview, and I wasn't booking. And I talked to my other friend photographers and they were having the same experience. People that would have been thrilled to discover that we were even available. So somehow and maybe it was there were less weddings going on. And so they had their pick. And so instead of maybe having two people that were available for their date, they maybe had 15 that were at the quality level and service they were looking for. And then this money comes to me easily and with love came into my life. And I started repeating that. Every time I worried about money, every time I thought this is the year I'm going to go broke and become a bag lady, 
um, yeah, that kind of choked me up, but <laughs> um, instead of those negative thoughts, I just kept thinking money comes to me easily and with love. I put it on cards. I put it around the house. When a potential client was coming, I could see their car and they were parking and they were coming up my walkway. I started thinking money comes to me easily and with love. And guess what happened? The next four that I had that week all booked. And I hadn't booked one in weeks and weeks and weeks. So that to me is another really great use of, of our word, of the principles. Also in our businesses, the words we use impact our clients. Positive and affirming words with our clients puts them at ease, makes them feel good about themselves. They give us great expressions and you know they're they're happier when they're feeling positive about themselves and us. So what do I mean by that? So I almost always work on a tripod or at least start with a tripod because I find that looking at the clients, smiling, interacting with them, saying positive affirming things, telling them they're doing great and directing them to what I want evokes a relaxed and natural expression. And it makes them feel good because we're having a relationship. And if people are looking at a camera instead of a face, I just feel like it is not as easy to connect with them. And I don't know how they'd even hear what I have to say. And <laughs> another little story. So I volunteered once for um, a fundraiser that had a comedian and it was Norm MacDonald. Uh, if people know Saturday Night Live or just comedians in general, he's a handsome comedian from Canada with big dimples. And when I'm doing um, candids, I will frequently frame the image and then move my face away from the camera and smile at them. And he, we, after the event, there was a little um, meet and greet. And so I got to photograph that. And he was just amazed. He said, you're the best photographer I've ever seen because I get to look in your eyes and look at your smile and not your camera. And yeah, so even if I'm hand-holding it, I try to get my face away from the camera. And part of that is because then I can say affirming things. Just the expression on my face can be affirming. I mentioned this at um, one of my podcast episodes that will be coming up about how much my senior portrait affected me for the rest of my life. Because in just 15 minutes, that photographer affirmed me. He said things about, I was fun to photograph. I was easy. These pictures were great. I was doing great. Uh, I don't know if he said I was beautiful, but I felt almost for the first time, I felt beautiful because as he was photographing me, he was affirming how I was doing and me. So our word, those kinds of words can positively influence how people feel about themselves. That's the awesome thing. If you're doing 
portrait or wedding photographies, we can actually help them have a great experience and have some life-changing, um, you know, positive messages to them. Sometimes it can even connect families in a way that they haven't in a while. So that is one that I like. Okay. And there's also how words that we use can affect how we're feeling by a situation, what we tell ourselves. I've seen this many times in Facebook groups because I, one of my little vices, I guess, but I think it, it's good because I'm out there trying to support people and, and such is that people will post something that happened and they'll say, I'm devastated, or I feel defeated, or some extreme, I'm enraged. And, and it's a situation that's maybe super common in our business and something that, as we learn to handle those, this is the example of where we grow as a person by working with clients and having situations where we don't get devastated by uh something that a client says or does, we look at it practically, we figure out how we could improve a situation, and then maybe change what we do in the future, or learning that some people are a certain way and not to take it personally, which is one of the future things that I will talk about. One of the four agreements, don't take anything personally. So I have a friend she doesn't listen to my podcast. We've been friends since I was 15. And whenever something happens, the words that she uses, you know, you might say she is a drama queen. <laughs> and I, you know, it, it's just over and over, something is just like disaster or the worst. And then it passes and then it's not a big deal. So uh, she'll never know. <laughs> so, and nobody knows her. So I'm not gossiping, but I've learned to have grace. And I've also learned not to panic with her because that's, that's just how, um, you know, that's just what works for her. But I'm more about accentuating the positive and eliminating the negative. There's a song about that. It, words can make us feel better or worse. Uh, for example, if you're ever experiencing a 12-step program and it might be Al-Anon because you have an addict or alcoholic in your life, it might be on something else. There's food and alcohol and work addiction and codependency, different things. And one of the first things that happens is you start learning slogans like this too shall pass and easy does it. One of my mentors, Christian Michelson, in my podcast world, at his conferences, he has big banners that have his uh, affirmative catchphrases. And the one that when I was feeling kind of worried about the future financially, I saw the one that said, thank God I'm rich. And he talks about that one and how if we have air to breathe, clothes on our back, shelter, water, and food, we are rich. And you may not think that that would be a topic for a whole other discussion, but I took on that, thank God I'm rich, as something that I thought and said 
several times every day for a while. And surprise, surprise, my income increased by being grateful for what I already have and realizing I'm already rich. So I think I've made my point. <laughs> so I'm going to move on to number four. It might actually be five or six because I think there were some subcategories up till now. But when I first read that, be impeccable with your word, I thought it was talking about telling the truth. And while I love that being impeccable in our word is about paying attention to what we create in life and being proactive in creating what we want, having visions and so forth. I also think it's important to be impeccable with our words in the category of honesty. And part of it is because of how it impacts us in our own energy and magnetism. My daddy used to jokingly say, you can go to the bad place for lying as fast as you can for stealing. And that impressed upon me the importance of being honest, even in small things. And um, <laughs> that being said, I think I felt way too guilty as a kid when I when I had little small lies, like I used to keep my milk money because I didn't like milk, but I liked the nickel and I saved that up for a teddy bear. And uh, I, I made amends with my parents later. And, but uh, you know, I don't like milk. <laughs> you know, if you brought your own lunch and they gave you a nickel for milk anyway. So I think he did set me up for a little bit too much guilt around that. Uh, but the principle in our business is just the little things. If we're late, not saying there was traffic, if that wasn't the reason we were late. Or um, it's some small things like if we're wanting to book a client and we make up the fact that there might be somebody else wanting that date and it's not true, I don't think that sets up a kind of magnetic draw. And even if like on the surface, we may feel fine about that deep down, I think there's something that, um, that kind of, I don't know, colors our own um, positive magnetic energy. So yes, and I am not judging people who tell white lies. I'm tried and I try not to judge myself for the times when I maybe could have been more honest. I just, for me, I pay attention to saying things that are true as much as I can, and then give myself some grace. If uh, I find maybe I'm not as comfortable telling the truth. And so I make up a story. My mom calls lies stories anyway. So yes, being truthful is an important part of the four agreements that help us in life and in business. All right, number five, uh, being impeccable with our word to me also means that we mean what we say and we say what we mean. We show up on time. We deliver what we promise. We take on assignments that we know we can handle and thrill our clients with. We learn to communicate well. We learn to listen to what is said and unsaid. We also, 
using that and following through on what we agree to, we, we can be realistic. So if usually something takes eight to 12 weeks to complete, telling our clients, it might be eight to 12 weeks rather than I'm going to try to get it in four weeks, sets up a big win for both of us because we don't feel pressured and they have an expectation. I don't know if you've ever ordered something like a piece of furniture that has to be ordered from a factory or even I will say like photo albums. There's a company that's out of business now that said their turnaround was two weeks and it was almost always five weeks. And so you didn't know what to count on. And people began to be very frustrated and people would always talk negatively about this company. Now I learned that it usually takes them five weeks. So I just, I relied on my experience rather than what they said. And I didn't have issues because I knew, you know, what was probably going to happen. And then if it showed up in two or three weeks, then I was happy. So um, following through of making commitments that we keep to the best of our ability. Um, that being said, I tell my clients that, uh, let's say it's an album and wall portraits. I tell them it usually takes eight to 12 weeks. And it's because I'm meticulous both in the editing and having test prints made. And I want everything exactly the way I want it before I'll deliver it. And I say, so that being said, if I promise, let's say to get it sooner, yours is the one that probably will have problems and need a redo. So I, I never absolutely promise something in a certain time because there's factors beyond my control. Okay. Ah, so gossip number six and Don Miguel Ruiz in the book, the four agreements has a lot to say about gossip. He says, it's like emotional poison. It's like a computer virus that can start corrupting our thoughts and put a label on something or someone that affects our opinion of the person or the business. And gosh, what I just said about that, that one company, people talked negatively about it and it colored their reputation. Now they kind of earned it, but in other ways, they really were a great company. They just had a hard time uh, with their workflow and being honest about it. But I don't know if you've ever worked in a company where there was a culture of gossip. I'm thinking about, um, I worked in a children's store. And honestly, now that I look back, I realize the owners were really nice and worked really hard. And yes, I wish they had done things a little differently, but honestly, they were good bosses. But thinking about it right now, there was a culture of gossip and I felt negative about them, even though I loved working at that store. And I'm sure you can imagine that working in a children's store for two years really helped me in my photography career years later when I became a children's photographer. So um, yeah, watching even not just within our work environment, but gossiping about other photographers can kind of make some 
creepy energy. So watching that, um, you know, watching what we say, you know, the old saying, if you can't say anything nice about somebody, don't say it at all. So in our business, being mindful of that can uh, be a really good uh, place or commitment. So for example, one of my, oh, and so I'm going to tell you the antidote to that. So one of my clients, we sometimes get into uh, life coaching and she was saying that in her community, in her neighborhood, there was a strong culture of gossip and we got talking about it and she realized she contributed to it. She, she owned up to that. So we got a plan where she was challenged that if someone said something negative about another person, that she would say what she liked about them, or she would say something kind. And she said it changed everything. And her conversations with people were lighter and more friendly. And um, she even liked that person more. And I don't know what it is about as humans, why we kind of like a little, you know, a little dirt on somebody. Ooh, I've got some good gossip, but um, it's really more fun to think good thoughts about everybody, in my opinion. Um, so I suggest that you read that part of his book because it's very rich and very clear on the topic. He says that when we're labeling ourselves, it's also a form of gossip that we can color how we feel about ourselves and how others feel about us. So if we say, I'm stupid, I'm lazy, I can't do this, I'm not talented, uh, I'm sorry I even said those words because the truth is I and you are amazing and capable and problem solvers and we're talented and people like us. Uh, so yeah, just want to end with, <laughs> so how we think about ourselves, I've never thought of that before can be a form of gossip. Um, and so I only want good gossip in my head. And when I'm coaching my clients, we work on that a lot about changing words. Like I can't do this, that I can't do this, or it's too scary. Okay. So all of this that I've talked about. So let me go back. So the power of intentions is a part of the words, having a clear vision, our mission statement, our, our design uh, and putting it on paper, uh, getting a picture in our head about where we want to go and claiming what we want in life. That's one use of our word. The other is watching the words that we use to communicate our value to clients and our positioning. So every advertisement that you see that has anyone who knows anything about anything advertising wise is using words. And, you know, like McDonald's is using words that communicate that their value is dependable and fast and affordable and, you know, not that it's gourmet and luxury, but that it, it solves a problem. So 
that's number two is we can use words in that way. Um, I just thought of this, even how we name our business has, has value. When I changed from the create Lucy Dumas slash the creative photo, which, uh, is a long story about why I had both of those. When I changed to Lucy Dumas, fine photography, using that word fine, I felt more upscale and I know that it communicated to clients that just like fine art, fine furniture, fine jewelry, that that simple word has a lot of power to it. So yeah, using our words, use your words <laughs> positively. All right. So number three, number three, I talked about the power of affirmations and I do think they have some magic in them. And at the same time, I think they bring us to a calmer and more mentally clear state where we can see the right actions. We can listen for inspiration when we're not in some like negative swirl, when we're watching our thoughts and, and uh, replacing those negative, dark, scary ones with positivity, with things that bring us um, light. And number four was about the power of actually being honest. And uh, it's a little, it, for some reason, it's a little uncomfortable to talk about that for me, because if some people are really comfortable, you know, saying white lies, uh, I don't want anyone to think I'm judging them, but I just always feel better when I find a way to speak my truth uh, or just plain not even say anything, just like, sorry, I'm late, not I'm late because there's traffic or I'm canceling because I'm sick or something. Just it, it just makes it easier in life. Okay. Number five was where we we mean what we say and we do what we say. We make, we follow through on our commitments. So when someone says, you have my word, it means I'm going to do that. And then number six kind of surprised me when I reread this uh, was about gossip and not just gossip of other people, but gossip we think and say about ourselves and that we want to be careful to shift to I don't know if he says positive gossip, but that's what I'm going to put out there. So I think I need to stop here and have a part two, which will be number two, three, and four. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. And I think that that would be a, a good topic to delve more deeply into, because I think this is a lot to chew on right now is the power of our words, the power of intention and the power to create with what we say. And um, yeah. So remember, if you want to email me, Lucy at lucydumas.com, Lucy with an I, and say, you know, send me those four agreements or something. I'm going to be creating a really pretty PDF that I'll send you and you can print it and put it up somewhere. 
All right. So that is it for today. And I hope y'all have an impeccable <laughs> week until uh, next time. And um, yeah, everyone take good care of yourself. Okay. Bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.